What's happened? He's, oh, he's, he's, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. He's going to get it. <laughs> this is happening live, folks. <laughs> Never work with children or animals or editors. In 1992, a crack gaming unit was sent to prison for the crime of still loving the Commodore 64. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the internet underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as Commodore 64 game reviewers. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Reset 64 team. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Reset 64 podcast, episode 6, subtitled I Choo Choo Choose You. And in this podcast, we're celebrating the release of Reset issue number 13. And with me to join in those celebrations is Rob Caporetto. Hey, 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 all. And our editor, Kev. Hello. And our awesome art and comic guy, Cam. I have 38,911 bytes free. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And also, really I, 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 I don't know why I had to mention Rob's last name. It just sort of came out, Rob. You're just, <laughs> you're just extra special. Oh, no. Uh, awesome. So it has been a long time. Well, who, between... are who are you? Who are you? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot about myself. I, I am Ant, and I am also another art guy as part of the that does stuff in the mag and as well as other things. Uh, so, unfortunately, our friend over the pond, Dell, couldn't join us, but that's okay. We're going to forge ahead. It's going to be a great episode. We're going to, as I mentioned, we're going to cover the release of issue 13, and we're going to talk a bit about that. We may even have time for a special quiz, our first quiz. I do not know how that's going to go. And then we'll have a general chat about a number of interesting topics, and then we'll close off. And that's the that's our schedule for this show. And I think we'll just leap into the Reset Roundup. <laughs> so in oh sorry uh, i forgot about the um uh, the issue roundup we sort of talk a bit about what issue 13 was before you just jump into specific topics about what, the issue what is reset 64 what is reset it's been so long between podcasts maybe kev our editor should give us a rundown on what the magazine is <sighs> reset is a commodore 64 um, games magazine, um, um, something that we created in the spirit of of Zap in Commodore format. Um, we attempt to be to be humorous and uh, we attempt to be um, uh, you know really light and fluffy and um, just just have a good time with with the uh, with the issue when you're reading it. Um, you know, hopefully it, it comes out in the writing that we're enjoying writing it and. Um, um, it's just fun. It's a fun Commodore 64 magazine, we hope. I think that sums it up. I certainly have fun contributing to the mag, and I think Light and Fluffy really sums it up. When I think of Light and Fluffy, I, I think of Cam, actually. I think of Ant. <laughs> I don't know why. It just, it, just, it just happens that way. Kev, perhaps you could give us a... Uh, I think, the, I think the, our, our tens and tens of listeners... 
we'd be interested <laughs> to know um, why why it's been so long between uh, the releases of our illustrious <clears throat> publication. I don't think there's one single reason, and I think it's just life. Um, obviously, why you know, we've all got or something. Yeah, we've all got projects like other projects that we're doing and other things that we're doing and jobs and and family and um, you know, reset. It, it, it the stars really sort of almost need to align um, for us to be able to get together and, and put an issue out. And you know, things come up and twenty. Uh, do we mention twenty twenty? Is that worth mentioning? <laughs> Is that verboten? I don't know. <laughs> don't mention the war don't mention the plague (laughs) yeah 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 you know as much fun as reset is to work on and um as gratifying it is to get issues out um it's it's such a big time intensive project and and we love doing it um but um you know when we want to when we do it we want to do it well as well it's not something we sort of want to rush rush out and um here we go here's another issue but we really want to do a good job on each issue, so and and, and give it the uh, the time that it deserves. So um, that it, you know, in answer, answering your question, it it's a sort of a multitude of reasons, but but life is probably the biggest one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's well said. Well said. Life. It's it's been a interesting time, let's just say, and it's all about quality, uh, not quantity, when it comes to reset. That's that's how I like to look at it. That's a good way. Uh, awesome. Well, yeah, that's great, Kev. I think that really covers it. Uh, I'm just glad that we've you know, we've thrown back in and and it's looking like we're keen for another issue after this one, uh, because you know as life as, as as life does get in the road and and priorities change, you just never know what's going to happen next. But uh, I, I'm really glad that everyone's sort of you know, keen to, to to keep rolling. It's it's really exciting. Yeah. Um... At, at, but obviously not up to the bit we're talking about the next issue yet, but um, things are going, are moving along really, really well. And um, we'll talk a little bit about that later, but yeah, it's very, very exciting. Very yeah, exciting. absolutely. Yeah, that's, I think that's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. That, that's, that's great. I am trying to open up something else on my computer, but while that is waiting to happen, uh, I think we might talk about the issue roundup. Uh, and this is our regular feature uh, in, in the podcast where each one of us uh, picks a particular article or item in the last issue and we highlight that and and talk a little bit about it. And uh, I think, look, I might just throw straight to Rob, actually, seeing as you are first on the list in my run sheet. Okie dokie. So um, out of everything, I mean, I really have to to sort of this time around really highlight the, the Reset Rewind, which is, of course, my little bit on picking a game tangentially related to the to the underlying theme of the issue, so trains in this case, and, and you know, try to get people to play it and sort of have a bit of a discussion about it. Um, I went pretty far back in picking uh, Stop the Express, the Hudson Soft-developed Commodore-published uh, 1983 jump on top of trains and explore them and fight bad guys kind of game, um, which is one, admittedly, comes from a bit of the, I had a lot of fun with it as a kid, and... I still think it's an interesting game in terms of history because it's sort of that it draws that very early, um, you know, bridging between Japan and the West in terms of games. Um, yeah, it was originally developed for a bunch of Japanese home computers um, before being published, you know, in the West on the C64 and certain other eight bits that we won't talk about. Um, and I found it, you know, 
just interesting in the sense that um, for sort of the openness seems to be different minding people. I don't know. I, I, I find the attitude I go into writing that column and picking games and covering them sometimes feels a little di- bit different with everyone else, but I guess that's how you get interesting discussions and conflict. Um, and I, I guess it's, you know, more of this, a lot of the trends that the stuff I do outside of the mag in terms of looking into older games sort of comes through there. And it's sort of why I love being able to just dive into the history of, of the history of the platform and with some of these games to just sort of talk about them, yeah. hopefully get some critical re-looking at yeah. them. The the history is really cool, Rob, and um, certainly that aspect of um, of you know retro gaming, Commodore sixty four games, is is really interesting, and um, it's it's really good fun to talk about. The difference I think with me with Stop the Express, the Express, sorry, was um, I was playing it cold. I'd never played it as a kid, so I was playing it for the very first time, um, you know, uh, for the column. And despite the interesting history in the game, I I didn't feel like it was you know particularly great conversion or or you know particularly fun game to play yeah i i could see that although one of the things is i think it's actually it's actually pretty accurate conversion um those machines didn't have the scrolling abilities you had on the c64 um and perhaps had it been given in the hands of a native c64 developer we probably would have gotten some stuff with some smoother scrolling um and that's sort of an interesting an interesting kind of hypothesis that maybe should have been raised in the in the article. Um, I always find that sort of an interesting thing of like how history develops and how how it travels. What were the other con- what, what were the other versions like, Rob? So, I actually did a video on the MSX version and the Spectrum version. Yep. Um, the Spectrum version is a bit of a pain to play because unless you have the right joystick interface it's you've got to play off a pretty horrible keyboard setup um i haven't played it on my next um when i did the video i had did it on my original spectrum and i don't have the the interface for that but the next can remap it so i'd have to try it for joystick and it was sort of pretty similar colors were a bit more awkward because limited palette but it sort of it, it played the pretty close and the msx version again was the same um colors were a little nicer um than the spectrum so roughly on par for the 64 which makes sense given the graphics capabilities. Um, the the other two versions do have a slower, lower screen res, and that might have made things a little, little quicker. Um, I would probably, th- I would probably throw a link to the video in the show notes when we put that together. People could check it out. That's a video. It's like nearly three years old, but I thought there was a. I thought all three were pretty good. Like it was a pretty good conversion of that of that game. It's just you know limited by hardware of the of the era. Three and, and years old. Is that when you released that video? That video was late twenty eighteen. Oh yeah. wow, I feel so old. <laughs> it feels like an age, like quite an age apart. Because of course that was like one of the last episodes of the old of the old series I did before basically rebooting, and that really changed and changed the approach you know that was an era when i was throwing stuff out weekly um and i was sort of the tail end of just wanting to finish that run before pretty much doing a reboot and a refocus of how i do videos on old games yeah uh, with regards to stop the express yeah in your piece your recent rewind piece I, overall I, I don't think it was uh it wasn't i don't think it was really a hit with most of the people like it, it seemed to uh, from a, a, a playability aspect I don't think people loved it as such. Um, 
uh, I, I kind of struggled with it uh, from a difficulty level. I just, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. And I was fine with like the, 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 the chunky scrolling. And I like some stuff. I thought the, the train effect itself and the movement was kind of good. It's had a weird bird in it flying around. That's really, it was weird. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> but, uh, it, it actually took me a little while to figure out um, what, what to actually do. Um, you had to stop the express. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I went, like I said, I went in completely, completely cold and um, didn't really understand. <laughs> it took me a while to figure out those birds and things like that. I, I, yeah. It was certainly what did you was think about? It, was, it was worth playing. I, I, I really enjoy um, having a go at some of those those really early games and um, playing. It was certainly worth having, having a go at and having a play. It's probably not a game I'll, I'll return to, though. I think it was they're, an interesting um, point in history in the same way that, like, the bubonic plague was an bu- interesting <laughs> part of history. Um, I, it did not click with me <laughs> one little bit. I I really wanted because the, the title "Stop the Express" is probably one of the best titles for a game. Like you know instantly what you have to do. I love that. It, yeah, you know it's on the tin pretty much. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, I I just found the difficulty quite uh, difficult, <laughs> so to speak. I think I think that's a limitation of just the fact that there's like two stages in the loop, and yeah, I think that's not surprising back then because game design wasn't as refined. Um, that's sort of one of those things. I think that, you know, it does, I think it does showcase that the way I look at stuff is very different to a lot of people these days because, um, like even, you know, I always think of my experiences playing the likes of Raid Over Moscow as a kid. Um, whereas I, I fell in love with that game and I remember fiddling around the keyboard for a while to realize, you know, oh, F7 opens the doors and, and all of that. And then it's just like, it clicked. Um, whereas I hear people, you know, say that they never understood that game because they never worked out how to do that. They never, they never tried that. Like, there's always that sort of exploratory thing that I've always, I think I've always had, and that reflects in how I look at stuff when I write columns like the rewind or my own video work. Which is, yeah, it's, it's really a a distinctive thing that does have its own uh, consequences down the chain. I will put it that way. Yeah, I think that people. Uh... At the end of the day, if you haven't dived into the history of any game, really, all you've got to go on is, is this thing fun or not? Or fun for me. And, and people obviously have different ways that think that games can be fun uh, as well. And also you have to factor in the limitations. I think that's a good point too because of those early development mm. uh, aspects. And I, I no liked one... the... Sorry, Ant. I was gonna say I like the click clack of the of the train on the track, and and the movement like of the the, the, the power poles behind it. I thought that was like you know quite clever. Uh, so I I, I didn't uh, I didn't actually mind the aesthetics um, of the game. I thought it was again those limitations that was quite well done. There's definitely an aspect of coolness to it. I just didn't know you were supposed to grab those birds and piff them at people. I, I, no one told me that. I think that's what took me um, a while to figure out um, that particular mechanic. <laughs> I thought I was trying to avoid them and not get hit by them, but yeah, all good. Yeah, I can't remember if the attract mode actually shows them or not. 
I must have pressed the fire button a bit quickly, I think. If it did. <laughs> <laughs> Kev just just dived in, just dived in. Uh, well, uh, Kev, I was gonna I was gonna actually jump to you, but you've left your space blank in the run sheet. Did you have anything in particular that uh, a particular piece uh, of the magazine? I was I was really um, proud of the issue, and um, I thought it had. You know, a, a lot of really interesting features in it. I really enjoyed Rob's um, RGCD Compo Roundup. Has has that has that been awarded yet? Has that competition um, actually been completed in terms of the places and things like that? Ooh, I'm not sure. I, I don't. I'm ju- well, I have to admit, last time I looked was like I don't know a month ago or something. Yeah, I don't think they've done the, the placings for that yet. But um, it was nice being able to play through all the games and, um, you know, talk about, you know, which ones we particularly enjoyed. Um, so uh, Rob and Louie and Merman participated in that. But, um, yeah, I certainly had a good look at all those games while I was putting the um, article together. And there's a few really, really interesting ones in there. It was really a fantastic compo. And hope that, um, you know, we get another one. It's it's it. it it is a part of a, a, a big, important part of the revival of the C64 and gaming on the C64, I think, in the, the modern era. It's a really important competition. Um, another thing that um, I really enjoyed doing was just putting the issue together. So Dale wasn't with us for this issue, and, and thank goodness he's back for the next one. But I actually had a lot of fun sort of learning um, some tricks with um, desktop publishing and you know, it might be a little bit simple compared to what Dale does, but um, really, really enjoyed sort of the the designing aspect um, of the issue as well, and um, thinking about where um, images are going to go and backgrounds, and um, you know, just looking at learning new um, tricks using um, desktop publishing and things like that. So um, that's something that I really enjoyed, and also um, <laughs> um, having having different people in contributing and um, writing features and um, sort of talking to people about those features. So, for example, we had, um, you know, um, Gavin, Matt, um, talk about the, um, the, you know, the, the iPhone and the, the Android conversion of Bounder that was released a year or two ago. So that article was originally organised um, when um, Bounder first, you know, first came out on the mobile devices and, um you know, it's it's sort of one of those articles that was supposed to be in reset thirteen as it was pre-COVID. Um, so it's you know it was a little bit old the article um, by the time um, it was published, and um, you know the game had already been out one or two years. But you know um, Matt was really keen to still have the article in there, and um, it was really really good fun exploring um, Banda. And, and talking about Banda and um, exchange a few emails with Chris Shrigley, um, the original creator, um, to try, you know, he actually agreed to, to answer a few questions um, for the issue, but um, I think, you know, time pressures and, and things like that sort of prevented him from doing that in the end. But yeah, it, you know, it's all the behind the scenes stuff that, that I find, you know, really good fun. Um, talking to different people and talking about their articles and um, what they're going to be about and and sort of bouncing around ideas and things like that is 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 one of the things I really enjoy doing. Yeah, that's great. Like we don't really get to like even us and the crew don't get to hear 
a lot of what goes on behind the scenes, Kev, because you mainly shoulder that burden and go off and sort things out. And every so often you might pop up and go, hey, I've just scored a, a conversation with such and such, which is which is pretty exciting. But certainly for me, it's really fascinating to hear what goes on under the hood. Yeah, and it's uh, that, that is one of the, the things that I find most fun, just the connections that you make with people and um, talking to lots of different people and um, talking to some of these, um, you know, developers, you know, who, who were, um, you know, instrumental in, in making these games um, back in the commercial days of the C64 and, you know, talking to different people, writing for the, writing for Reset and writing the features. It's, it, 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 that part of it is really enjoyable. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really great. It's always good to hear your perspective of things, trying to wrangle everyone too. Heard, heard those cats. <laughs> uh, speaking of cool cats, Cam, did you ever survive our, our man cave review? I literally died. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, you got half my estate, so I'm sorry about that. Um, it was worth it. Yeah, that was that was fun. I like doing that man cave review. I like it when we just, you know, go off the beaten track and then do something completely silly. Um, apologies to the developers of Man Cave who are probably like, you know, waiting with bated breath for like, oh, I can't wait to see what serious, hard-hitting journalism the Reset crew are going to give our game that we've worked very hard on, which they did work very hard on. I'm sure it shows. It's a quality, you know, quality production, <laughs> beautiful presentation. And then, you know, we just did our stupid nonsense. Um, but, you know, if, if you've ever been in Ant's Man Cave, and for once that's not a euphemism, um, it's it's full of stuff. There is yeah. a lot going on in there. <laughs> yeah, that, that review summed up the room I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> I, I actually loved, like, of course I love that review because I was part of it, but it, it that really harkened back to the the, 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 the zany zap days with with Gordon yeah. and Co. That's what it reminded me of. Sometimes you just got to be a bit out there. Absolutely. That's why I loved it. It was just fun. It was, it was funny. I've got to tell you, <laughs> that, when that review was first submitted, I really didn't know what to think, but it had me in stitches. I was, I was, <laughs> it was very, very funny. There's always there's always a question. There's usually a little chat between <laughs> Ant and I going, what's Kev going to think? I don't know. I think we literally had that conversation. Yeah, we did. That's funny. Anything else uh, tickle your fancy in, in issue 13, Cam? Um, being right about Stop the Express, obviously. And, um, oh, yes, actually, this is important. Ant, um, Ant is always very excited about trains. This is one of the things that, that you know, if you know him for more than five minutes, you'll, you'll understand. He loves trains. And the fact that the whole issue was about trains, I don't know whose decision that was. but uh, It may have been mine. Oh, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I got Kev drunk one night and uh, in the hello. Choo-choo. Um, yeah, I just loved like seeing Ant get really, really passionate about. Oh man, I'm gonna draw the cover. It's gonna be this train, and we're gonna read. We're gonna talk about these train games, and, and it's gonna be really cool. And it's like, oh, I, I love seeing that. It was just really, it was a joy to watch. Ant yeah, it's a good fight. point. I, I kind of didn't uh, mention that at the beginning, but I should have. That uh, obviously the the title of this podcast may be a giveaway, but yes, the whole issue was train focus, which I I, I can't believe Kev accepted my pitch <laughs> to make it about trains. I'm pretty sure, Ant, that you just wanted to you wanted a chance to mention Southern Bell again, didn't you? <laughs> Any <laughs> chance to one, mention? It's never ever going to be mentioned in Reset ever again. And gee, what a swan song it got! 
Uh, yeah, just fantastic. Just fantastic. <laughs> I'm so, it's so happy Southern about Bell, it. It's not Bell, it's Sci-5 Trading Company, so you've got to pick your poison, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, look, look for me, uh, I'm going to be a little bit biased here, or a lot biased. Uh, I picked two articles. Uh, the first was the Reset Fiction piece, which is, our, I guess, our first official, uh, I guess, adventure game, uh, official ongoing adventure game yeah. uh, column. Would that be correct, Kev? Correct. Yes, yes. And that was written by... Uh, Stefan, uh, who is part of Puddle, full disclosure. I'm also part of Puddle, a little 64, C64 uh, dev uh, crew. And I, I, aside from that, though, I, I was always a fan of, of White Wizard in, in Zap and uh, later Harlequin, I think it was, uh, the, the adventure column uh, yeah. in Zap. What about that troll? What about Chuck Vomit? Not so much a fan of Chuck Vomit, <laughs> to be honest. Didn't no, know no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I loved seeing this that an actual full on adventure column. Uh, I loved the fact that we had reviews and and then uh, Stefan talks about his love, which is effectively like making adventures, which is what he does with some of his uh, amazing adventures, like Hibernated and Curse of uh, Rabenstein. Get them now. And uh, I, thought, I thought that was just awesome. I've always loved, I've always loved those sort of columns, and just the how the article was done with like the background that that uh, that, that Dell put in there with the the little adventure game maps. It was all great. Like it just completely uh, tickled my fancy. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And the other article uh, I I want to spruik a bit was the Bitpop one uh, with a friend of mine uh, who. Uh, sometimes comes to our infrequent uh, Brisbane C64 nights, uh, and that's uh, Graham. And uh, he is a very talented uh, uh, musician, and he does these uh, 8-bit mixes of uh, uh, contemporary music and, and modern songs and, and older songs, etc. I say modern, but it's probably 80s, so, you know, that's modern to me. Uh, and a really lovely guy. I think you've actually met him, Cam. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I think he's been going to the C64 nights in Brisbane as as, uh, as long as I can remember. So, yeah, and that was fantastic, seeing an article from him and him talking about his 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 love of music and 8-bit and eight, and eight uh, bit tunes. I thought it was, it was excellent. Yeah, and um, it was really cool having Gavin um, in the issue. And I, I need to... I. Really, owe an Did apology. I say Graham? Yeah. Graham. Did I? Gavin. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. 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 It's Gavin Graham. My, yeah, the my Graham. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So, still my a good friend okay. who's never gone wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, that was another article that, that I'd, ha- I'd been sitting on for quite a while and just couldn't get it in the issue. Um, and obviously, because of all the, um, you know, all the, um, all the delays and things like that. So that one had been in the inbox for about two years. So um, Gavin was very, very patient uh, with that one. And I'd, I'd been in touch with him quite a few times just to assure him that um, we were going to be using it. But um, yeah, thanks to Gav for doing that. And um, yeah, it's 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 a really interesting piece, really good. 
Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and again, I think it just adds to the diversity of the mag. We got a lot of really interesting articles and with a sort of a, a, a wide range, which is just excellent. It was such a good issue. Just, just a good all rounder, I thought. So, that, so I think we might move on. We'll, we'll kick on, and the other part of reset, uh, an unusual schedule piece that we do for the podcast, is we talk about a, a feature game in 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 the last issue and i think i might rob has been very patient i'll kick back to you rob what, what was your what was your pick of the game of, of games for issue 13 of all the stuff it's one of those ones that that sort of i guess resonated with a lot of uh things for me and that was steel ranger um covert bit ops's 2018 early 2018 release i guess for me it was sort of lucky that we kind of revisited it you know this time later um i kind of think that we sort of have a bit of a goldfish thing where a new game comes out, we talk about it, we as in the community in general, and some of them just slip through the void. Um, and Steel Rage, I actually bounced off a bit on launch. I, I bought it when it came out and I played it and it didn't quite click, but I wanted to go back and spend more time with it. I sort of, I saw something there, but I just never got around to it until last year. And when doing so, I just had a complete blast. Um, it sort of felt like that step where, and I'm sure I mentioned this in the in the the review, my comments in the review. But um, but covert bit ops's games are always really ambitious, but they they always had some rough edges. Like Hessian and Stairs is probably the one thing I think everyone can agree with yep. was a bit rough. Yep. But Steel Ranger, because they they narrowed the focus a bit and it was just this more exploratory action game, it just clicked. Like I went back to it after playing Metal Warrior Ultra. And it just clicked for me, and it was just amazing. I had a complete and utter ball with it, um, so I was really glad we got to we got to do a write up on it um, in issue thirteen. You know, two and a bit years later, but I think it's really good to hopefully get yeah, people thinking about it. Yeah, it deserved to be in there, didn't it? It's it's um, it, it, yeah, like you said, Rob. I think um, it it had been sort of um, lost a little bit um, in terms of um, being sort of you know it it. it certainly wasn't talked about a lot it was really really good to get it the review of the game in there because it certainly deserves to be to be talked about yeah i mean i mean when i think about it early 2018 was in the shadow of sam's journey so that just dwarfed everything um and i kind of think that's why that sort of happened like i think a similar thing kind of happened with um pains and aches night and grails follow-up which came out at the same time i remember ordering both from cytronic um in the same order and I think the same thing kind of happened there where it did really get that kind of love as well. And I think if, you know, our job as as a publication is to sort of shine the light back on that because I think there's a lot more, a lot of cool stuff to talk about. And hopefully our review got some more sales for it and more people got to try it out. I think that's a really, really important thing. Um, cool. Yeah. Yes, I had myself on mute. So Oops. I'm back. Great. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Cam, I'm going to throw to you. Uh, what was your pick of game? Oh, Oyup. Now, this was this was a last-minute edition. I feel like it was like right on deadline. Kev just went, hey, I got this. Do you want to do a quick bites about it? I went, oh, my God, absolutely. And I really feel like... Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I love, 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 love Payo Payo. Um, and I buy it on, you know, a 
billion times over and over again every time they re 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 release it. Um, <laughs> How many versions do you own, Cam? There's like, well, there's the 3DS one, which was in 3D, so I had to rebuy it on that. It was in, it's, you know, it was on Dr. Robotnik's Mead Bean collection. I had the cart, and then I, I just, actually, Ian, if I had the cart, you have the cart now. So I don't know if yeah, I Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, then it was on Super Nintendo as uh, Kirby Avalanche, or done that. And then it was on all the Sega re-releases, you know, when they do the bundles of like, you know, here's 50 games from the Mega Drive days, they keep re-releasing on that. And it just recently most came out with um, the Switch Online Super Nintendo stuff. So once you fire that up, the Japanese version of it is in the collection. Um, but then they did an absolutely amazing conversion of Pio Pio 2 on the Commodore 64. It's incredible. It is so accurate. To the original, all the little tiny little touches are, are packed in there. It's great two-player mode, great AI uh, battles, um, has all the different stages and levels and all the, the, the gameplay is perfectly intact. It is an amazing puzzle game. And now it was up to me, it would have got like an eight-page spread, but you know, there's probably a reason why I'm, I'm not in charge of those decisions. It's probably for the best. Um, but yeah, absolutely loved it, and and I highly recommend um, if you haven't got it on any other machine. It's probably me being converted to more machines than Stefan's converted his text adventures to other machines. So. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe not I as don't many. Know about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big call. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't come out. What about Lino Adam yet? So, um. <laughs> do you do you know I've I'd never played that game. Oh, Pio, Anthony. Pio. Uh, so I played Oh Yup, and it was excellent. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. so glad you liked it. Yeah, I really, really liked it. Yeah. We'll practice because next time I'm over, we're going to have a have sesh. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it was, it was great. So that was an awesome recommendation. And another another uh, virtue of working for this mag is you get exposed to a bunch of different stuff that you normally wouldn't play or haven't heard of. And I think that's really great because you do get to try a bunch of new things and some stuff you may not like and other stuff you do, which I think is excellent. Kev, you've got an interesting list in your feature game. <laughs> I couldn't pick one. I couldn't pick one. There's, there's um, a lot of good games in this issue. So Yeah, you, you uh, listed every was... game that was in the issue. <laughs> one of them was Man Cave because the soundtrack is just so epic. It is such a beautifully well-done soundtrack um, with all the, you know, the 80s, 80s rock kind of music. Yeah. And, yeah, really, really cool. And the game is so polished and beautiful and it's a funny concept. Um <laughs> it's it's really cool. Wormhole. I wanted to mention Wormhole because it's a it a, like um Steel Ranger. It's kind of fallen in the cracks a little bit, but it it it, it offers nothing special in terms of gameplay. But um you know it's it nothing really new there. But it's it's so beautifully polished and looks fantastic and sounds fantastic and you can just tell um, that a whole lot of love has been poured into the game. Um, by the creators so yeah look i recommend that people play that it is super super cheap as a digital download and um it really deserves um deserves a game you know it'll it'll feel very familiar playing it but um it's really really cool and just beautifully um beautifully done as, as, as a package millie and molly probably my um 2020 don't want to mention that year but it's probably the game of the year for me for the commodore 64 and um nice just a really beautifully done um puzzler nice and gentle um but at the same time um can be absolutely brutal 
um, at times. Um, but yeah, you know, really good sort of design and um, good aesthetics and graphics and lovely music. It just all gels together really nicely and is a really nice package. Um, and yeah, really, really enjoyed playing it and got a really lovely cartridge ver- version from, um, is, is it, what's the, the, the publisher, Rob? I, I don't remember what it stands for, but B-O-B-R, yeah. Hold on, I'll just check it. Beaver of the Black River? No, Beaver of the Brown River. Beaver, Beaver, Bob. It's great. Yeah, I really think we've beautifully... said the word beaver way too much. I think we're on the list now. Um, so don't cancel me. Don't get me cancelled. So this is a uh, – it's it's just a really beautiful, beautiful game and a, a really nice package, um, nicely presented, done you know, physical version as well, which is really cool. And also Old Tower by Retro Souls. Um, it's just so much fun. It's, I actually sat down and watched my um, 10-year-old son um, complete that game. He did it in one session. Didn't take him all that long. So it's not a long game. It's just a really fun little um, mobile-style puzzler. Good, good, good fun. And, and it's got popcorn in it. So that's cool too. That's great that your son was playing it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> he really enjoyed it. <laughs> like sometimes, um, you know, on I'll, I'll put on the, C, you know, the, the C64 Maxi and just load up a game and yeah. play it for a little bit and then just leave it and I'll come back and find the kids having a bit of a poke around with it, which is really cool. That is, that is, that is excellent. Yeah, but he just sat there and, and, and played through it, um, which is kind of, you know, testament to the fact that it's an engaging game and if it can sort of... Um, if, if it's got an audience of, of, of kids today, yep. it's, you know, the gameplay obviously shines through. So it's really cool. That's, that's right. As we always say, it's all about the gameplay. I thought that's... it was all about the money the game developers supply us to give them a good review. Oh, sorry. Sure you can. <laughs> We're still recording. Damn it. Uh, excellent. Thanks for covering uh, all those games, Kev, and, and good picks. Uh, look, for me, I'm going to... I'm going to break the mold here, and this is no offense to all the wonderful new games that we talked about in the mag. I thought all the ones that I played were excellent, but I'm going to talk about Loco. Because <laughs> Loco was covered in the mag, and because it was a train themed, themed uh, issue. Uh, and Loco has a very special place in my heart uh, as far as games go. And yes, yes, Loco is Suicide Express, is also Black Thunder. Is that correct? Black Thunder. Yep, yep, I got that right. Yeah, so basically the exact same game reskinned. But Loco is my favorite because it's a steam locomotive and it has excellent music. Uh, I can't remember actually what the the music is titled. It's a, it's a, it's an actual real piece of music. Oh, not real. It's, um, but it, it's, um, it's, I can tell you this, it's, I think. It's in. I think it's Equinox. Yeah. It's in one of. Yeah, it is one part of of Jar's. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Sorry. And yeah, when Oops. I say real music, I meant like as in like outside outside of de- developed especially for a computer game. That's that's what I mean by that. Uh, and and it, it and it's a fun game, even though it has uh, no win scenario sometimes, depending on what happens with like the the the. Uh, the little rail carts, etc. Sometimes you will die and you can't escape that death. But for me, it's got a special place in my heart because it was a game that my 
my sister didn't wasn't really into computer games, but she loved Loco. She thought Loco was a really cool game, and it was great seeing her play the C64 when we were younger. And then one day, without her knowing, I swapped Loco for a copy of Entombed. And you've never spoken since. And we've never spoken Ouch. since. Oh, no. I know. I know. Entombed of all games. Wow. Wow. You're thinking. Yeah, wow. yeah. So I swapped my, my only, and that was, a, it was a like a proper bought copy of Loco, and I swapped it for a bought copy of Entombed <laughs> from a friend. And, uh, and, and yeah, so my sister was very unhappy. And a few years ago, I, uh, I, I bought a copy of it again and I loaded it up for her when she was over. And I said, look, it's Loco. And she looked at it and she said, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. so obviously it had a greater impact on me than it did on her. And that's my story. Oh, you're sweet anyway for trying. <laughs> I tried. Loco, I tried. Right. Loco is cool. It's just cool, isn't it? Yeah. I, I haven't played it as much as Suicide Black Thunder Express, <laughs> but I find it less annoying than those games. I hate those like, two games. Oh, gee. They are, like, there's that sort of mechanic in those in survival that's just BS. Yeah. Whereas Loco is just nice and chill. It's got blue skies in games. That's exactly right. It, it, it's a steam, it's a steam train. So it has an aesthetic which is nice. It's charming. The music's really, really nice. Uh, I just like it. It's got like biplanes in it and stuff, and that's really cool. And your little, your little puffs of smoke come out. That's just lovely. <laughs> that's just it. Lovely. Yeah. Those other two games, um, um, uh, Black Thunder and what's the other one? Suicide Express. Yeah, Su- Suicide Express. They didn't have the same charm. They had no charm. Zero charm. There was no charm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, well, it's the speech. It's the speech on Game Over. Your <laughs> score is zero, zero. <laughs> Were they zero. all by Crowther? What? They're yeah. all they're all Tony Crowther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't even basically reskin them. Pardon? Oh. I thought he did them in two weeks. He was boasting about how quickly he made them. I wouldn't be surprised, like because that would make sense actually. Yeah, the gap between Suicide Express and Black Thunder is a lot closer than lo- than those two to Loco, but yeah, like. Redo some sprites, get Ben Daglish to to write a new tune, and boom. Was yeah, Loco absolutely. first, Rob? Loco was first. Yep. Yeah, that was that was through Alligator. Then yes. Suicide Express was through Gremlin, and Black Thunder was through Quicksilver. Oh, oh Rob, Quicksilver. Is that off the top of your head, Rob? Yes, that's 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 <laughs> excellent. I, I've got copies of all three. Yeah. I one day wanted to do a video talking about that, but hey. I don't know how to frame it without being like. Without like bringing a lot of toxic gamer shit into it. Yeah. Sorry. Well, it's all, it's all by the same guy, so you can talk yeah. about the good one, and you go, "And eh, he's where you ripped off yourself, and they're not so good." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. That's true. I think that's. Um, I think it's totally fine. Yes. So Loco is my pick, but as I said, look, all the other games in the issue were were excellent. The ones I played anyway were were very good. So kudos to everyone who had contributed uh, new games for the issue. And we're and, going to keep moving on. Oh, sorry. No, we're not. I just want to say I'm impressed that you didn't say Southern Bell. That was, oh, well done. No, because <laughs> I thought about it. I was going to. Uh, you mentioned it already, but also I think the last podcast, I talked about Southern Bell for about three hours. <laughs> as far as I, uh, if I can recall. What's the matter with that? <laughs> uh, so let's keep moving. And we've got a special piece. It is time for the Reset Podcast 
quiz. <laughs> Thank you. I said the cam before. Do I wish we had a sponsor? Beaver. Uh, I s- no. <laughs> It's Black continue. beavers in in the bog. Uh, yeah, so I said to Cam before, I wish I had a soundboard. I really need a soundboard yeah. when, I'm, when I'm hosting these things. So, yes, I've put together a quiz of 13 questions, each more cunning than the last. I want to go on Rob's team. No, each, it's each, <laughs> every man for himself. So I don't know how this is going to work logistically, and it might be a complete failure, but we're going to give it a go. What so if I need to get the editing the scissors button, ready? The toggle hand button, maybe. Or do we need a sound? Uh, I, I I would happy that just someone just shouts their, their name or the answer. Um, uh, if you shout your name, you don't get that. You can't cheat and just try and get the think time. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, Kev. I'll uh, I, I'm not sure. I thought about the hand thing, but that means I got to look. Oh, maybe we can do that. Maybe you can do the do the raise the hand. No, that's boring. No, that's a shout. That's boring. Let's yeah, I want to shout. All in. All yeah. in. All right. Oh gosh. All right. Oh gosh. Okay. We we all we all good. We all good. Okay. Okay. So yes. Well, I got 13 questions. We might do less if we run out of time. But let's go. Question number one. I wish we had good background music. Uh, Rob, put do in, I need to find that for edit? Rob, put in background music. <laughs> We'll fix it up in post. <laughs> Question number one. In the game Whizball, what is the name of Wiz's cat? Nifter. Oh, that's Rob. Yeah, just by a smidge. You can even Yeah, just by a smidge. Yeah, you look at the white forms. Yes. <laughs> well done, Rob. <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, okay, I'm going to need the full name for this for the answer for this question this is question number two jeff minter's blaster matrix is also known by another name what is it hellgate grid runner two attack of the mutant camels yes rob i i should have picked different questions (laughs) (laughs) i i have a copy of it on cart for the i have a copy of the cart release on the vic so i've seen that that name around so many times nice and you better have a question about cisco heat in there I should have. I I don't, Kev. I'm sorry. Where is Cisco Heat set? (laughs) In San Francisco, was it? Yes. Yeah. That wasn't official. Wasn't official question. Question number three. So so currently we've got uh, two points to Rob. I better. I'm just going to write people's names in here so I know who's who's got it right. Uh, It's two points to Rob so far. Question number three. Name the composer who wrote the theme for Palace's Beat 'Em Up. Barbarian, the Ultimate Warrior, Richard Joseph. Oh my goodness! Yes, really? I thought no one would get that. No, I had I, that it was in my head. Bloody tongue. Oh, damn. All right, okay. <laughs> this is very one-sided. Going well, Rob. That's three. Do not stop, Rob. Destroy <laughs> everyone. Get a shutout. Get a complete thirteen-nil shutout. I love it. Just destroy everybody. Okay, I'm going to accept the uh, – so the closest guess here. So whoever jumps in first gets to have the first guess and then second and third. So you all get to have a guess at this, and the closest guess will be the winner. In the space trading game Elite, how many credits do you need to acquire before being offered the exotic pet known as a Trumbull? 10,000. Who said 10,000? Was Me. that Cam? Yep. All right, so yes. that's the total guess. game's guess. Next. Uh, 6,500 and 
56.3. Kev? 50. 50? You start with 100. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is 6,553.5. Damn it. Wow. Wow. I just thought 16-bit mathematics. Wow. Uh, okay. So yes, obviously I spoke to care. I uh, spoke to Rob uh, before the quiz, and I just asked him <laughs> for questions. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right. This is the problem. I'm a walking encyclopedia. Yeah. yeah I all the research think, I do. I did not think this out very well. After acquiring, this is question five. After acquiring an annoying Trumbull in Elite, how does one make oneself uh, Trumbull free? Flying to the sun. Yes, Cam got it. <laughs> Good work, Cam. Good work. So, yeah, you've basically got to be a precog to beat Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number six. Uh, th- there are bogus points available for, uh, uh, for the answer for this question. I won't tell you how to get them. Which C64 game received the lowest rating in Zap64? Alice in Wonderland. Sorry, what was that, Cam? Alice in Wonderland. And your answer, Kev? Uh, Bionic Granny. Mm-hmm. Good answer, Kev. All right, so Cam got in first. Do you want to... Alice in Video Land. Oh, Alice in Video Land. of course. Do you want to have a guess? See, Cam, you did go in first. Yep. Do you want to have a guess at what the percentage was? Three? I'll accept that. The answer was <laughs> the further adventures of Alice in Video Land. Yeah, I think I think Rob and I should both get... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna give you a point each for yep. that. All right. Uh, I would also have accepted RoboBolt, which also got 3%. Oh, good. Wow. All right. Here we go. Uh, yes, here we go. So this this is basically whoever gets in first, you've got time to answer this. If you fail, if you, get, if you don't get 100%, then other players can try and jump in. So you've got to think about your answer first. Name... All of the events in the C64 version of Epix's California games. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Footbag, halfpipe, surfing, uh, flying disc, uh, the roller skating, and BMX. Yep. Well done. Well done. Well done. Good job. That was a good question. I wrote that one for you, Cam. Oh, mate, also. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I think I think you like California games. I, I don't know. Cali games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm okay, a dude. I tried to get them in order too. That's why I stumbled. It, it was. It wasn't quite in the right order. Close. Yeah, I was trying to. I stumbled and got the order wrong. Question eight in the racing game Pit Stop Two. What was the final color indicator before your tire popped? Purple. White. The answer is white. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that white? Was a, that was a snap. Me. Rob. <laughs> well done, Rob. Well done, Rob. Okay, question nine. In the combat flight simulator, Project Stealth Fighter, what is interesting about Microprose's version of the famous jet compared to its real-life counterpart, counterpart? It came out before the the plane? That is correct. More information uh, from Cam? They, they were basing it on technical specs that they found somewhere or got. I, I'll accept that. I'll, I will accept that. Sweet. That's true. Uh, so uh, some just the super free, oh, well, the main, I guess, obvious differences were the name. It, when it came out, it was the F117A. 
as opposed to the F-19. And the design in the game, it was a very smooth design. And obviously in real life, it's a very angular design. But I'll accept that, Cam. Good answer. Phew. I know nothing about planes. Good. Question 10. <laughs> what is the name of the development team that created the C64 RPG Magic Candle? Minecraft. Oh, damn it. Kev, that was for you. I, I, I know. Like, I, can't I, know. Make it, I can't make it any easier. <laughs> My brain is so slow. I was about to run right. and get the box. <laughs> Everyone hold on. Right. I've right. got to put Millie and Molly back anyway. Okay. <laughs> Question 11. Okay. Uh, Theatre Europe, PSS's strategy war game, has a disturbingly cute name for the most extreme nuclear solution option in the game. What is that name? Extremely cute? Is it Anthony Stiller? Oh, that's a half a point for Cam. Time is up. I have not actually played it properly. The answer is Fire Plan Warm Puppy. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> All right. Uh, just giving Cam half a point. How many questions do we have, Ant? I, I want to get a more. question. Two more. I've got two, two more. more questions. So you got two All more. Right. Make two the more. final question, Kev. What is your middle name? Like, just... <laughs> oh, I'd have to go to the bookcase. <laughs> All right. Okay. This question is titled, It's Not a Bug, It's a Feature. Describe the infamous bug that was mentioned by an unusually happy Gary Penn in the Zap64 review of the port of the arcade game, Gauntlet. Oh, Christ. Oh, oh, when you, um, uh, if you do nothing for a while, everything turns to an exit. That is actually not a bug at all. That is part of the arcade game. Versus. Anyone bug. else want to have a go? Bug in the game. I do not know this one. Okay. Kev? Nah, I haven't got this. Kev? Nah. You sure? Nah. Uh, as Gary Penn mentions, there's a bug in the game where you're playing two-player mode. One player can walk off the screen, effectively ruining the game, and you can't walk back on. Oh, okay. wow. Cool. And then, Cam, however, the only way to complete the level is you have to wait for all the walls to turn into exits. Uh... But that is a feature on every level, and that is actually part of the arcade game. So that's a no one there. Oh, I never played Gortland two players, so no wonder. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right. Okay, this will maybe be the last question. I may have a last bonus question at the end. Uh, in the much-loved Accolade Classic Sci-Fi Trading Company, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> your ship's crew mans five different departments, weapons, scanning, navigation, engineering, and repair. If you hire him... To which department does crew member Anthony belong? Engineering. Correct. <laughs> wow. All right. I got one last bonus question. Come on. Where is the game Cisco Heat held? San Francisco. Yes. <laughs> Kev. That, that feels so hollow. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm all ashamed right, okay. that I know that and I don't know all these answers about all those great games. No, you knew the answers, Kev. You were up against Rob. True. So don't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> you got beaten by the best. It's all I good. got very worried when Rob rattled off every uh develop uh, every um publishing house for all those 
Crowther Loco alikes. <laughs> I, I started to think, I felt this sinking in my stomach going, I think this might be a bad idea. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's the last quiz we'll ever awesome, do. Correct? Thank you for that. Well done, well, well done, Rob. Well, well done, Rob. Rob. That was, that was well, well won. I tried to come, I tried to have some very esoteric questions and I thought some of those were hard, but I did not factor in the Rob factor. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I should run the quiz next time. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, <laughs> what a great idea. That is a fantastic idea. All right. Okay. Also, all right. Moving on then from, from, from the quiz. And Rob, your, your prize is on its way. Uh, our next section is also a new section called, I, well, I've called it Hobnobbin with the Crew. And in this, in this part of the podcast, we have a topic that we all just have a bit of a chat about. We don't. We ha- actually haven't done that previously. We kind of focused the podcast all on the magazine. So we thought maybe we'll do something a bit different and just focus on a retro gaming topic, and and just have a have a bit of a bit of a discussion about it and just see where that see where that takes us. So we had two topics that we wanted to talk about, but uh, um, it looks like people have only answered my second one. But that's fine. That's, that's we, all good. If you look at the the Google sheet, we've added more while you've been talking. Yeah, I I, I see. I see, and that's great. So the the topic then, which I'm going to pick, uh, is uh, if uh, what RPGs do we want to play, but probably never will because we don't have 80 hours in a year to play games, let alone just one. And thank you, Kev, for this topic. It's a really, really good topic <laughs> because it is something that we all struggle with, uh, being of age and having uh, commitments, whether it's family and all work and everything else that we do, uh, you know, our hobbies and our passions all get in the road, uh, modern games, etc. And sometimes it's hard to play any sort of game, let alone an RPG, which uh, notoriously take a lot of time to play. And I, I love RPGs and I've only, I've probably only got about three minutes a week to actually play games, but <laughs> I love RPGs. And I, know I, I know you're not joking, uh, Kev. I know and I true. just keep, buying them i keep buying old ones i keep i buy all the new ones i just absolutely love them um but finding time to play an rpg is it's just an impossibility for me at the moment you want to talk about a couple of couple of ones so, in particular yeah so i always end up just going back to tetris because tetris i can play in in five minutes um because i'm not very good at tetris either but um yeah i, I did want to mention um the Lost Realms of Merkaz... Hold on, help me out here. Lost Realms of Mercasida. Mercasida. That could be it. Um, by Arcanix Lab. So that's a new one that's coming out on the Commodore 64 very, very soon. Um, as kind of a precursor um, to Crimson Trilight, which is a, 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 a big RPG that they've been working on for quite a while. So this one might be good for me because it's a short um you know episodic kind of um rpg and it's it's apparently quite lightweight and um um it's been described as more of an action adventure and puzzler with rpg elements so that's what i'm looking forward to and um it doesn't sound like it requires 80 hours of time to complete so uh it might be something that um, you know people with limited time spans can play in a short amount of time. Excellent. I haven't even heard of it. So. I hadn't either, but I, I mean, I knew about Crimson Twilight, so this looks 
this looks like a nice companion piece. I definitely think I want to check that out. Yeah, yeah so you, sold, you sold me, Kev. You sold Andy's me. planning on releasing, um, you know, a few, few sort of, um, a few episodes of this particular game before um, the full release of Crimson Twilight. And, um, you know, the first one is quite, quite small and lightweight and just sort of easing you into the story and things like that. So it's, and the screenshots look absolutely stunning. Like it looks gorgeous as well. So um, looking forward to that one. And I um, just wanted to mention, yeah, um, I, I just, they just keep coming in the mail. I keep buying all these RPGs and I, I love them and I want to play them. And, you know, special mention to um, Nox Archaeist and um, Realms of An- uh, Antiquity, um, on the uh, TR99, um, and obviously nice okayist on the Apple. Would love to really get into these games, but gee, which one do you choose? And and you know, how much time do you need to spend to play them to really get something out of them? Yeah, look, uh, RPGs are my favourite genre. And I, I I feel you, man, because uh, yeah, Nox Arcaeus landed recently, and I bought Realms of Antiquity, the the download on your recommendation, because uh, I'd never even heard of it. So I thought that was really cool, and I've, I'm just looking at um, Realms of Quest Five in a box. <laughs> yeah. I see Rob's mentioned that one, uh, just sitting there uh, for the for the Vic. And I'm just like, when will I get time to play these things? All these games are just so epic. And it amazes me that, um, you know, people are releasing these homebrew RPGs that are as good as anything that has been brought out, you know, in the 80s and early 90s. And um, they're just on such an epic scale. And the the boxed versions that you get that they're producing are amazing they are just beautiful and they come with cloth maps and 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 stories and epic you know massive chunky manuals they're amazing absolutely i think the aesthetic is really important there's something you know, buying the actual box sets and maps that's always something i've really liked manuals with you know uh, really awesome art i think it's, i think it's great well, you think Cam? I you got, you got I like I like your two entries. Uh yeah. So uh, what do I have in there? Bard's Tale for one thing. Uh, uh, full disclosure, that was uh, converted to the or updated by my uh, former employers, but always friends at Chrome Studios. Um, <laughs> and I loved it. I I got it. I was like, oh my god, it's a re it's a remake of the original Bard's Tale, but it's in three D. But the layout of the screen is the same. I don't know if I've talked about this one before, but the layout of the screen is the same. So you still have that the quarter of the screen that's the window into the world. And then, you know, you've got your stats at the bottom and then the action on, on the top right. But you can move the mouse around in the window and everything's in 3D. So all the all Scara Bray is in 3D. And I was like, oh, that that's so weird. It's like I'm I'm in a very familiar place, but done in a new way. And for the first time, I realized, oh, you can actually go underground and there's dungeons, not just walk around aimlessly in the city. That's all I ever did. Um, so, But I will never get a chance to play that properly. Like, that's just... It, Bard's Tale's huge, right? And even yeah. though there's a lot of really good uh, quality of life improvements that have been made to it, 
for the update. Um, you know, you can save anywhere you want. You don't have to go back to the, the tavern, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's still going to take me absolutely forever to play it. I never will. Okay, so the other game that, um, yeah, I will never, ever touch, but I really want it, was Eye of the Beholder. Like, and the Commodore 64 version of that, developed by, um, oh, Kev, what was his name? <laughs> <laughs> you bastard, Cameron. <laughs> Andreas. Andreas Larson, and I apologise if I've said that wrong, um, Andreas. But it's an incredible, like, the, the, he's doing an incredible job converting this massive game. You know, back, you know, this is the thing that was like, oh, no, you need, like, a megabyte expansion for your Amiga if you ever want to play it. Oh, no, that was Dungeon Master. Anyway, it's, but my point is, it was a massive, like, 16-bit dungeon exploring game that was to take on that, that whole genre. And it's being converted down to the C64. Do I think it's incredible? Yes. Will I ever play it properly? No. I'll I'll fire it up and go. Yeah, okay. I can walk around a dungeon. I've created some characters. I got. I died. Back to Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Which is I, a shame because, like, I'm sure the guys like put his blood, sweat, and tears into it. But it's just like, no, oh, I've got time. It looks stunning. And um, yeah. and and he's had streams, hasn't he? Um, um, programming the game and the the the, the bloke doing the graphics, Oliver Lindau. Once again, sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Um, has been doing the same. It's been really interesting um, watching him pixel um, and spend so much time, you know, on things like walls and dungeons and things like that. It's so meticulously, um, they're certainly putting an amazing amount of effort into this thing. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I it is literally jaw dropping what they've done. Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah. Uh, kudos, kudos, but just like. Man, yeah, and this is the thing. Like uh, you mentioned, Bard's Tale Cam, and I love C sixty four Bard's Tale, and I really haven't played it that much. Like even back in the day, because uh, he, he can get wiped pretty easy. Yep. In town, and uh, I'd kind of, I think I, I might have rage quit a few times, and and I've fired it up and played it a bit over the years, but just I'm going like, where do I have? I don't know how however long it takes to finish. Forty hours, twenty. Where do we have oh, time? Yeah. For I remember I bought the three pack, like for the C sixty four. They re released all in one pack. Yeah, yeah. And do you know? Do you know how I know that you had that pack? Because you have it. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> is it, I have your it, pack. Has it got ECP branding on it by any chance? It does. It does. Yes, it does indeed. But yeah, it's a huge, massive clamshell with all the games in it but and this is but this is the great tragedy of rpgs and and uh you summed it up well cam which was uh, the developers even if they're doing a conversion the effort to make an rpg balanced and playable and bug free is enormous like some of the ones you've mentioned rob you have a bit of a chat about yours oh yeah so i mean i also highlighted nox Arcaist. um again that's that lovely box is sitting in my shelving um and i really want to you know dust off my apple 2c and play it um but Realms of Quest Five on the Vic Twenty, it's just like the Vic Twenty getting an RPG like this is stupendous because you know chunky displays and all of that. But it's looking amazing just seeing that in action. Um, and I really want to sit down for it. I think it's one of those ones like just RPGs in general seem to be really good stream concepts. Um, I did Ultima One not too long ago, which is only like a few hours long, so definitely one worth playing if you don't have infinite time. But I. I don't know, maybe I dust off the Vic and play Realms of Quest. Um, 
The other one, which is a good example of how much time-consuming they are, is the Etrian Odyssey series. I've been playing the first one, the remake of the first one, um, Etrian Odyssey Untold, on the 3DS. For years, I was stuck in the first boss for two years. Um, I only just beat that a couple of weeks ago. And that's very much got the the old school vibe that you get from a wizardry or or something. Just with with especially because you're using the the touch screen on a 3ds handheld system to draw your maps in as you're playing. Cool. Drop drop stuff on the map to to mark checkpoints and whatnot. Um, that really makes that game amazing. And in though it's a challenge, it's kind of a good introduction to the stuff you need to do for these dungeon dungeon crawlers. Um, and Fantasy Star. Uh, because that's got this great updated version on the um, on the Switch as part of Sega Ages, which like has auto mapping and has like uh, accelerated you know accelerated golden experience, so you don't have to grind as much. So it takes this classic Master System eight bit RPG and makes it a little more palatable for modern players. Um, there's so much out there I want to play because I never played RPGs a lot as a kid. I never really got into them, so I've been playing them as a grumpy adult with with not as much time as I'd like. Yeah, I I have this weird case of the guilt with with particularly with 8-bit RPGs because I love them so much and I just know the effort that goes into them is is just huge, like so so huge. And I just go I I want to make time to play these things, but uh, where will I get that time? And I feel kind of bad for, for for the developers. Although I'm sure there are people out there that play them and 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 can have that time or make that time for it. They're not making magazines or games or or whatever else. Yeah, yeah. We we kind of suffer for this because of this is a hobby project for us. This magazine, you know, our hobby other projects. You know, if my videos and streams, you uh, making games. Um, Cam with the comics. We all sort of have our hobby projects. That Kev, take Kev away with chickens. Just... Yeah. Kev with the chickens. Um, we all we all have things that take away from being able to sit down and play these games in the same way. Yeah, and um, I, I want to also appreciate them too because I'm going to talk about uh, something a bit later on in the next section, which is uh, associated with this. But I, I like to take time and appreciate RPGs, and that kind of even adds more time to it. Uh, I spent a lot of time playing Ultima um, Six, and a lot of that was just really just walking around, enjoying the aesthetic of the game, and just you know poking and prodding things because it was cool. It, it's kind of like doing all the side quests in I don't know um, um, in What's that? What's a modern RPG? In any modern RPG, uh, uh, doing all the side quests first, and ignoring the main. Yeah, 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 uh, and, and ignoring the main quest. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Skyrim. That, that's what I was thinking of. Like that, where you just spend a hundred hours doing all the side quests. But that's kind of fun because you get to explore the world a lot more, and you're not just burning through to finish a game. And that's what I like about RPGs. I mean, obviously, that's tied with my like how I like playing tabletop RPGs. Where you're trying to experience, you know, that this made-up world and see what the the um, creator of that world has made, and that's kind of fun. But yes, these things do need more time. That's true. I, I did have a good a little bit of a poke around with um, Realms of Antiquity, Kev, yep. and it's really cool. I, so thanks for that recommendation. It's it is good. It is cool. Yep. Yep. Awesome. I, I, yeah, I didn't really uh, add anything down there. I think I've probably spoken enough about. Uh, about uh, about these, but I agree with you all. Uh, I think that there's some really good 
good good ones on the list, and I really want to try and make some time for them. Awesome. I think we're all guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that was Hobnobbin with the crew. So uh, as we start to draw to a close for the podcast, uh, we uh, our final section is talking about what we're currently playing. And we've talked about that a little bit now with the RPG stuff. But yes, we actually do do play modern games as well when we have a moment. Tetris, I guess, if you, if you care. Um, Tetris effect. Yeah, yeah Tetris effect. <laughs> uh, and, and yes, and, and it's a good point. Often these modern games now are ones that are easier to pick up and play. Like you can play it for five minutes and put it down again because of our hectic lifestyles. So let, let, let's roll through and let's see what uh, people have been playing. Uh, Cam, do you want to start? Oh, sure. Okay, well, yeah, and you wrote down Crackdown probably on the list. And look, while I haven't been playing Crackdown, I just do want to mention that Crackdown is amazing and <laughs> everyone should play Crackdown. And, oh, my God, Crackdown. Also, in just to bring it back full circle, um, uh, Anthony uh, Tony Crowther was a technical director on Crackdown 3. So there you go. I did not know that. There you go, mate. And he also worked on Burnout Paradise Remastered, apparently. Why didn't I have that in my quiz? There you go. (laughs) Um, So that's what made Crackdown so good. Um, A bit of Tony Crowther magic. Yeah, yeah. Why wasn't Uh, Crackdown just like Suicide Express? It is. You can can control a train. (laughs) (laughs) You can blow it up. You can see on a train. I don't know. You can jump on a train. Does it read you your score out in that in that robotic voice? No, but you could be Terry Crews. That's pretty nice. cool. Nice, nice. Yeah. I, I, you, the next one on your list, Cam, I find oh, very curious. I made a terrible mistake. And, and I think I was telling you about this over drinks the other night. I made a terrible mistake with my life. I bought Civilization VI for the Switch. Oh, no. <laughs> so there was, I was going to have a graphic novel come out this year. No, that, that's out the window. Sorry, I've got Civ 6 for the Switch now. I oh, didn't know it was on the Switch. So it's ridiculously good. I was initially put off because there's so many menus and options and, you know, buttons that do this, that, and everything, and sub-menus and blah, blah, blah. But once you figure out what's going on, um, it's... God damn, it's that one more turn thing all over again. And I am a sucker for Civ. Um, Sid, man, Civilization. And um, yeah, love it, love it, love it, love it. Do you know, I I would never have guessed that, Cam. Serious? Yeah. All the years we've known each other. I didn't didn't really know. heal that game. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I will lose weeks of my life to it if I I let myself. And uh, yeah, I was a bit worried about that because I've had a lot of time at home recently and uh yeah sib six and time at home with nothing to do (laughs) (laughs) good combo uh highly recommended um it was it was on sale recently and yes i thought why not pick it up um very very good very slow to load oh my god takes forever to actually start a game but once you're there you're in um the other thing i've been playing recently is a horizon chase turbo which um is on everything i think but i've been playing the switch version um because if it's not on the switch why shouldn't it be on the switch that's my motto um but it's very much racing game in the style of the lotus uh games that were on the c64 and the amiga um that style um there's been quite a few uh modern games that have been like oh let's remake this style of 90s arcade racing game and one of them was like virtual racing and another one was like you know top down overhead kind of thing i know um rob you've been talking about um uh what was it 
Art of Rally. Art of Rally, which is that overhead thing, which I'm a sucker for as well. So I'm looking forward to that coming to Switch. But uh, yeah, Rise and Chase Turbo is very much in that Lotus style, um, which I really enjoyed. Uh, really, really loving it. There's also what I find really, really love is that there is a basically a junior version of the game in the game. So you can play the game normally, but there's a there's a super super easy version where you, there's only ten other cars, but it's super easy to win, and it's a cut down kind of thing where you're like, if you are no good at video games, play this version, but it's just as much fun. I really enjoyed that. Also, the soundtrack. Oh yeah. Because the soundtrack is by Barry Leach, who worked oh. on Lotus 2. Oh, I did not know that. That's cool. It's awesome. Like that gets a lot of play. That's um that gets a lot of play. A lot of playtime in my rotation. Great soundtrack. Oh yeah, good call. Love Horizon Chase Turbo. Great yeah. racer. They they really nailed that feeling yeah. that I don't think many other games nailed. Absolutely. It was a hard thing to to get right, but this one got it super, super right. And it's 60 frames a second. It just feels really nice. And it's cute and it's colourful and you can be a, a driving instructor. That's <laughs> um, nice. The other thing is uh, Streets of Rage 4. Um, Streets of Rage is amazing, and Streets of Rage 4 is incredible, and it's an incredibly worthy sequel, and they just announced DLC, so I rebought the damn thing for the Switch in preparation. Of course you did. Of course I did. <laughs> but uh, no, the wife and I played through Streets of Rage 4 from back to front when it came out on PS4, and um, yeah, loved it. So Very cool. Yeah. Excellent. What about you, Kev? I, I like your answer here. <laughs> it's um yeah it, it's a bit of a competition to see who gets time on the computer now um with the kids um you know being into to gaming and um sort of really enjoying spending my money on new games um so yeah look my my son um all the kids are absolutely obsessed right now with stardew valley um they play that constantly and he uh, alex has spent hours and hours and hours on that game so um, I can't tell you too much about it. I really haven't played it much. I've had a, had a bit of a poke around with it, but um, they they absolutely love it. So um, he's he's recently finished. Alex has recently finished Inside, which is this um, really cool linear kind of um, how would you describe it? Someone jump in quick. Uh, game where you jump off buildings. On yeah, a- it's just a story, like a story driven. Um, you know, cinematic platformer. Yeah, cinematic platformer. Yeah, exactly right. And um, that's really cool. I did have a bit of a go at that, and that's a really nice, uh, nice game. Um, he's he's loving Little Nightmares, and um, that's one that I haven't had haven't had a look at myself. And my daughter Abby um, has been playing, and this is I'm really pleased about this because I love graphic adventures and point and click adventures and things like that. She's playing Broken Age, um, and really really enjoying that. So uh, while they're doing all those things, I'm usually either um, you know, just sort of walking past and watching and seeing what they're doing and having a bit of a look or playing um, Turrican 3 or Jim Power on the Amiga, which, which I love both of those games. But um, I've never heard of Jim Power. I... Oh, Jim Power is awesome. Yeah, it's this uh, kind of, you, you know, um, scrolling um, running gunner slash platformer, um, really frustrating, really difficult to play, um, you know, lots of rage quitting and all that sort of stuff. Um, lives counters really old school sort of stuff but uh, really oh, really awesome. beautifully presented and uh, it kind of reminds me it's it's not really like Hawkeye um, it's a it's a different game but oh, is it is it fun it's <laughs> it's kind of the same sort of um, 
it reminds me of the production values of, you know for Hawkeye were outstanding and um, Jim Powers production values are um, very similar and you know for the Amiga and a lot of people hate it. <laughs> oh wow. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of people absolutely hate it. But um yeah, the soundtrack and the graphics and that sucker me in and um I have a bit of fun with that too. And Tarakan three, um what you know <laughs> people don't usually lo- you know, wanna sort of have that in the same conversation when you're talking about Tarakan one and two, but um yeah, it's right up my alley. I absolutely love it. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Rob. Okay. Um so my my picks like my main my main form of of isolation survival was Animal Crossing um, New Horizons. That's sort of been that thing where it's 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 not normally on brand, but it was good to just pick it up and just spend the day. You know, spend like twenty thirty minutes each day just talking with the the other island residents, harvesting crap and doing all of that. It's just a calm, chill game that really just. It was one of those things that kept me going through a lot of last year and a lot of the the isolation of, of things that we shan't talk about anymore. Um, it's still, I just, it's a nice little chore thing that I play, have a little bright thing, bright moment, and then focus on playing some other stuff or, or working or whatever. Um, one of the cool recent games I've picked up is a game called Astro Aqua Kitty. A- Astro Aqua Kitty. Um, this is a sequel to a game that came out a few years ago. It was sort of an aquatic defender, take on defender, great pixel art. Nice. The sequel sort of expands things a lot. Now you're inside asteroids, which are filled with water, and you sort of got these massively cavernous stages. You're sort of going through and do, doing little submissions. Um, it's a real cool challenge. It's got that sort of old school vibe, but a little more modernness added to it because you're as you're going through, you're you're earning XP and and currency and coins like gems, and you can use them to buy upgrades. So you can install better weapons or systems to make your ship more powerful. And so you eventually get to say you're fighting a boss, um, which is where I've gotten to so far. It's a great little shooter that does a whole bunch of stuff um, that I really, really had a great time with. I'm really going to put some more time in it. It's Right now it's out on Switch, PS4, and Vita, and it's coming soon to PC and Xbox. So oh. it's on It's on basically everything. That sounds really interesting. It's really I'm, I'm good. Um, I have to... Somewhere else I've been doing stuff for, I'm hoping to have a video out for them on it. Um, I need to just get it into the queue. Are you it's definitely Zap recommended. Zap 64, Rob? Um, no, it's not Zap. It's a modern game. Um, I'm doing stuff for an Australian site as as a fun fudsies thing. So I'm, I've got a video of it. You can, them, you can plug I, them, Rob. What, what, um, plug so I'm writing for a, a group called Player 2. Um, oh, we're yeah. an Australian group doing like, like modern modern games and community stuff. Um I've been mostly writing reviews, but I've been doing starting to do a few videos, just like let's play kind of stuff for them. And hopefully by the time this goes out, I will have given this Astro Aqua Kitty video to them to go out. So hopefully I can get it in the video in the in the show notes. Um as we sort of talked about earlier, um Art of Rally has been something I've been sort of putting a bit more time into again. Um, especially now it's starting to get console ports and some extra content. It's a sort of historical tribute to rallying. You start off in the 1960s with like barely modified road cars. You go up to sort of the 1980s with the the Group B, which were these like high-performance monsters that people died in. because people, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you go to the 90s stuff. So you're sort of going through like, you go through and there's like, it's all fictional courses. It's all very stylized and you're doing it from the overhead thing. 
And so it's it's very it's a very chill experience. Like you just sit there. The courses don't take too long. The rallies you're not doing full length rallies. Like you might be like two or three. You might be doing like five stages, and there might be like five or so minutes each. So you can usually do a rally in a session, and it's kind of chill. Um, it's just really fun. And then you can sit there and mess around with the photo mode between like when you finish your race, you've got the replay. Mess around with the photo mode. It's just really exquisite. It's a like a lot more accessible than trying to play like a dirt rally or something. Like it's not a hardcore sim. It's not an arcade game. So if you want something that's a bit bit in between, Art of Rally was perfect for that. Um, really one of my favorite games of last year. And I've just been finishing up on stream the original Metal Gear. Um, I sat down and streamed that over the last month. I can't do it because it'll just it'll just wreck my voice. But yeah, the original, which. Which I really enjoyed. It's I, the last time I played that was to do a video on it years ago, and so I revisited it. Um, the original MSX version, it's amazing, still pretty well designed. Even it falls apart a little at the end, where you've just got to fight instead of sneak. Um, but it did also make me revisit the C sixty four port, and let's never speak of the C sixty four port of Metal Gear. <laughs> yes, yes, good point, Rob. Yeah, oh, for me, uh, I just on the RPG. Bent. I have actually been replaying Legend of Grimrock, which is a dungeon crawler. Oh yeah, very very cool. Uh, grid based, old school. There's an old school mode where it doesn't do auto mapping, where you've got to map oh. yourself. Uh, I'm not doing oh. that, and I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because literally we're just talking about not you know not being able to spare time for RPGs. Legend of Grimrock is a game I played before, so it's um, it was more of a comfort game something I was familiar with that I could jump into. I think another thing about RPGs diving into a new RPG is that there is a steep, I'm not going to say learning curve, but there's that whole thing of the unknown, which takes effort and time. And whilst very enjoyable, I think it's a bit of a, a mental barrier to, to jumping into an RPG, unless you're playing something like, um, what was that? Minima. That was the the C64 RPG that was like, 4k or something it was tiny yeah yep yeah yeah uh but legend of grimrock, grimrock for me is kind of like that because i played it before and even though i'm old and forgotten all the stuff it was it was a it was a comfort thing sort of jumping in uh and uh continuing that sort of bent i've been into the collectible card game on pc game thing a bit and i've been playing slay of the spire and ring of pain uh, both of which are uh, collectible card game uh, games on the PC, single player, uh, both very, very good, different yet similar. I do recommend them if you like the, that sort of Magic the Gathering kind of a thing. Uh, Ring of Pain in particular, I, I found uh, very, very good with it and, and how it both have unlocks as you finish things and do things that they, they give you new cards. But Ring of, Ring of Pain in particular is, 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 plays very, very well. And from a multiplayer aspect, I've been playing State of Decay 2 with my brother uh, online every so often. I think we play once every fortnight or so. A very, very fun uh, zombie uh, base building slash uh, shooter game where you can team up and you help other people, you help your teammate build their base and you go out on missions and it's got this really great driving engine. So you jump into cars and you, and you drive to, to missions together and it's, it's, it's neat. Uh, it's, it's, it's very well done quite hard as well, but it's got some good strategy elements too. And that's really been all I've had time for. Uh, 
So that wraps up what we've been currently looking at. And as we draw to a close, I think we might just have time to talk a little bit about the next issue. We touched on that at the beginning, Kev, but do you want to roll into what's in store for our pundits in the future? Near future. Yes, uh, running guns. What it's, 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 I don't, who came up with running gun um, for the issue? Did we discuss that in Slack? Is that something that we came up as a team? That one? I can't remember. Doesn't matter. It's cool. It's yeah. a cool little um, theme for an issue, and we're very excited about it. And um, yeah, it, you know, I think we're probably very close to finishing planning and really getting a good start on the issue. Uh, we've set a deadline. We'd like to get the issue out um, sometime between um, July and August. And I know that now that I've said that, um, that is probably not going to age very well, that sentence. But <laughs> um, we'll, we'll give it a really good crack. And um, Dow's on board and he's um, really, really excited and he's already done some formatting and um, got things looking um, really, really great again. So, uh, yeah, just like, like normally, got some really good features and ideas um, happening with other people and, um, you know, c- contributors to the issue and um, lots of on-topic um, um, stuff as well. Um, really, really good reviews um, of, um, you know, current current games um, and um, another Ant Stiller exclusive cover, which we all love to see. Yeah, working on it. Yes, and Kev, thanks for some insight into what's already uh, uh, sort of happening for the for the mag. As you mentioned before, it's great getting some some background info. None of which will spoil now, but it's going to be a fantastic issue just from what Kev's already started to to, to wrangle. So it's going to be going to be a good one. Yeah, he's so, going to be a cracker. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Kev's already finished. The- yeah, Cam's refinished the comic. We're we're on fire. So yep. hopefully we can keep up that momentum. That'd be that'd be awesome. Don't forget to plug the reset itch.io page. <laughs> Is in my next thing in my notes. Go to our reset itch.io page where you can download copies of reset. Is that the URL? Reset.itch.io. I believe reset. So. Um, no, it's reset sixty four ah. magazine. .itch.io. Nothing we'll have like, it in the show notes. Yeah, we will. Nothing like how I wrote down. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Buy it. Impress your friends. <laughs> yes. Money. Our children need wine. Uh, absolutely. I'm almost absolutely. out of scotch. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and with that cry for help from Cam, I think we can call this one a wrap. Uh, thank you very much, gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure and and far too long uh since we've last chatted we are all uh we're all in australia here but we are most of us are separated the tyranny of distance so it's it is excellent that we can uh catch up and 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 have a chat so as we wrap up where can people find people rob okay um so let's go through the the big thing um outside of the the reset stuff that i contribute the best thing you do is find me on youtube um youtube.com slash hellfire64 that is also applies to twitch where i'm doing stuff once a week on monday nights australian time so many of you probably won't be able to catch it but you know stream stream interesting old stuff um on a mix of original hardware and fpga alternatives and um if you're interested in some of the things i do regarding modern gaming um check out player2.net.au where i contribute reviews and some video stuff there um every so often 
Thanks, Rob. Uh, Kev? Um, yeah, I maintain the Reset Twitter uh, and Reset Facebook. Um, otherwise, I'm out tending to sheep and chickens, so um, you won't be able to find me anywhere else. It's, I've seen the photos. It's true. Uh, Cam, where can we find your good self? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Gazunta, G-A-Z-U-N-T-A, and uh, come and visit um, our webcomic, uh, Rose Dahlia, rosecomic.com. Yeah, I've got to say, I'm going to plug uh, Cam's Rose comic. He's been working very hard uh, on a, a new Rose book, and uh, I've seen some previews, and it just looks and sounds amazing. Oh, thanks, Ant. Highly recommend it. And for myself, uh, I, I'm not on Twitter quite as much as I used to be, but I still do check in there. So never I am tweet. just never tweet. It just never tweet. I am at Ant Stiller on Twitter. And also check out puddlesoft.net for there we go. I just did it in. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to I forgot to put the puddlesoft stuff in. But yes, puddlesoft.net. Uh, we are there, and we are look out this year. I think we should uh, have a have a good year this year, and rolling into next year with some uh, planned releases. So that should be uh, excellent. We're looking forward to that. And with that, gentlemen, I'm going to call it uh, to a close. Thank you very much for joining us, everyone, and we hope you have a good evening. Bye. See ya. Bye. It's been great. Stay safe. Do all those things that everyone tells you to. <laughs> <laughs>